0: Hey guys, welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase, where we get girls chasing you. I'm Varun Raja, and today I feature Daniel Adebayo, who is one of the youngest authors on Girls Chase. His unique style of verbal game was developed from guests we've already featured earlier on Dating Mechanics, notably Gunwitch's SMMA, where he uses the three keys of social frame, emotional stimulation, and sexual framing as well as Alec Rolstad's now-famous sex talk. Daniel started at age 18, and through sheer persistence over the last two or three years, has developed one of the most consistent game styles I've recently seen. We witnessed his exceptional talent and growth in Montreal, Quebec, where a friend and I spent the weekend and on the streets and in the clubs as he taught us his amazing day game and night game methods. So let's get right to it when we talk with Daniel about how to use verbal game to hook in girls and lead them towards fast sex. Daniel Adebayo, welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls' Chase.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Varun.
0: It's a pleasure to be here too. And I'm so glad we actually are meeting in person right now in Montreal, in Quebec, Canada, yeah. which is one of my favorite cities to game in in North America. It's one of the most... Interesting cities culturally beautiful women everywhere lots of young kids and everybody loves to party and it just makes for a Fantastic environment for pickup.
1: I agree Montreal is one of the oldest cities in North America And I actually read a study that's one of the horniest cities too, and I can certainly attest to that
0: <laughs> I'm so curious. Where did you uh, see the study?
1: It was just one of those like Snapchat-type articles that you see on the news feed. And it said, horniest cities in North America. And I was intrigued. And of course, Montreal was the top pick.
0: Wow, the top pick. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually not even surprised. It's just a different vibe here. It's very almost like French-European, as you'd imagine, with the history of uh, Montreal. But just maybe the cold climate and all the young kids over here that go to school just makes for a really... Interesting environment, really cool combo. And the drinking age, of course, is 18, so that's also a plus.
1: Yes, a young drinking age means younger girls, and it's always fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So today we're going to talk about your specialty, which is verbal game. And I've seen you grow over the past couple of years. We actually planned a podcast similar to this back in 2016. At that time, I was so busy with other work, but Daniel and I circled back around and we thought we'd revisit this topic because honestly, Daniel has just gotten so, so good at doing this technique. And so you, you really specialize in both day game and night game, right?
1: Yes, yes. I started off doing day game, mainly street game as a high school teenager Because back then that was really the only option for me. Night game, I was too young and social circle was far too confusing. So I hit the streets for a while and in the last two or three years I've been doing night game pretty consistently. First it was just like a hobby and a chance to drink in field and just cut loose every now and then. Then I started getting more interested in it and trying to figure out how I can be, if not as consistent in day game and night game, just at least somewhat good so i could say i'm on the way to mastering the two avenues for meeting women
0: right and even just hearing in your voice i remember your voice didn't even used to sound like this a year ago yeah so you really like honed in on this method and technique and i feel like your whole vibe and persona kind of fits into this into verbal game more or less at this point
1: yeah i'd say verbal game and especially your voice is one of the strongest tools you have when it comes to seducing women especially because well in this day and age women have become quite overstimulated due to things like social media instagram twitter it's always a new photo always a new drama always a new celebrity story so there's just so much going on and there's so much that just frankly stimulating her that you need to provide a lot more a lot more intensely a lot more emotional resonance or Something that can, you know, make you memorable and compete at least with the amount of stimulation that she's going to get from her phone, from things like social media, as mentioned before, and of course, Tinder.
0: I agree. It's a totally different age now as far as gaming goes, I think. Yeah. Mainly because, like, our targets almost are the women that we want to be with, especially in night game. There's just so little chance and so little time to really make an impact yeah because you're competing with friends you're competing like you said with their phone tinder is always an option so people are always looking on tinder even at bars when they're out they're still on their phone trying to hook up with people (laughs) online it's kind of hilarious and it seems like there's just way less room for error now than there was before i mean people's standards have also gotten higher and there's so much sex everywhere in the media I think it was Alec that actually wrote about this, but in those kinds of societies where sex is so publicized and so open, it seems like the women here require a different level of game almost, a different level of stimulation to get to the same place.
1: Yes, I would agree. Another thing I would add is generally in this day and age, women have lowered attention spans, not just women, even myself. The past two years, my attention span has shrunk considerably. And what this means as a seducer is you're going to have to be able to immerse her. You're going to have to be able to hold her attention and captivate her a little bit more intensely and a little bit for longer periods to ensure that not only are you going to hook her, but you're going to keep her focused on you long enough for her to realize that this is a real chance to have a very, very exciting experience. So, yeah.
0: That's cool. it seems like this verbal game that you've developed is what gives you that edge yes and i know that we've seen a lot of success and some of the forums and boards and chats that i follow which which you're a part of as well as what you've described in your articles on girls chase it really seems like this method for you and how you've stimulated women verbally when you're out with them is really what's given you the opportunity to be with them at this yeah, point i
1: would agree it's those all the things i've tried so far it's been the most effective and it's been the most fun to be honest
0: Nice yeah Yeah. I actually witnessed that this weekend because we were out in field let's see it's December right now and we were spending the entire weekend in Montreal and we went out for two nights as well as one day of day game so it was pretty fun actually Mm -hmm. to watch you in field and man I was actually shocked and surprised because it was awesome to see you hook women in all these nightclubs it's always been for me like wow how do you do this. Tell me, like, a quick summary of your process for seducing women verbally.
1: All right. A quick summary of my process is, basically, I start off very casual. Yeah, just a casual sort of approach. And then as we talk, I try and nudge the conversation towards fun and interesting topics. And it's around this point that she becomes hooked. And then later, say I um, talk to her for a few minutes, I start nudging towards emotionally stimulating topics. Topics that will immerse her, topics that will fascinate her and captivate her. And then later on, I start nudging towards sexual topics. And what I do is I repeat this process. So after nudging towards sexual topics and staying there for a bit, I go all the way back to fun and interesting topics and then repeat the process again, nudging towards emotionally stimulating and sexual. And this process is known as fractionation, where you increase the effectiveness of a technique or strategy by repeating the process over and over. So the more you do it, the more effective it
0: becomes. Very, very nice. Yeah. I know that Alec has also written extensively about fractionation. And I've seen that you've also utilized it to really, really good success when you're in field. I mean, even last night, basically, we saw this process like multiple times with a couple of different girls. And there was some super hot like girl from Vermont who was making out with you on the dance floor and just grinding up on you like you were the most amazing thing she'd ever met online. <laughs> it it was, was awesome.
1: It was quite fun. Unfortunately, I was not able to pull her due to um, the whole friends thing. I have to stay with my friends. And they kept sort of following us on the dance yeah. floor and checking up on us. Basically, funny.
0: the situation was we were at the bar and Dan and I met this group. Uh, two girls who happened to also have two guy friends in their group and i guess you started running your verbal game on her and it was just like literally within three or four minutes she was hooked and you just basically took her hand and dragged her to the dance floor (laughs) and at that point it was just like (laughs) everything just broke loose
1: yeah i figured my best chance there was to hook her quickly and isolate get her away from her friends get away from those distractions and keep gaming
0: Well, let's use this as an example and really start breaking down your process. I mean, you said first you start off casual, then you nudge towards fun and interesting topics, then you nudge towards emotionally stimulating topics, yes, and then you nudge towards sexual topics. And after you've done those three things, you kind of repeat and fractionate within those realms as you really see based on what kind of stimulation she needs verbally. So how do you start off casual? Like, how do you actually... Let's say let's take a night game situation and we'll also talk a bit about day game because I know you do a lot of transit approaches and street game and that too which is really cool but in a night game situation how would you approach and open a girl
1: all right in a night game situation if you're going to be making use of verbal game the very first important thing is you're going to be able to you need to be able to talk to her so you need to be best case scenario you'd be in a venue that's not too loud not too chaotic and uh, even if you are in a sort of chaotic club where i generally go is the bar counter where people order drinks most girls will stop by there a few times during the night so to start off really casual i will hover which is um Gunwich's technique that i believe he's talked about before where you sort of position yourself close to the girl without really looking at her sort of in your own world and giving her a chance to like take in your vibe maybe ai you or just be aware of your presence So that when you open, it's not coming out of nowhere and there's not that whole thing where she wasn't paying attention to you. So she didn't hear what you were saying. So after hovering, I would start with a very casual situational opener. Maybe even an attention grab type thing like how's your night going? Which of course doesn't sound like much. However, it's mainly with the follow up that comes in. So after opening situationally and casually, I like to immediately lead um, to a... and uh, curiosity gambit where I basically try and leave an open loop in my conversation or leave some hints or some bait for her to bite on and spike her curiosity a little bit and get her wondering, well, who is this guy? Where is he from? And All that.
0: Well, we saw this in action a couple of times this Mm -hmm. weekend. And actually, one of the things I like to do when I go out with friends is also just sit and observe and see what other men are doing. And it was actually interesting to see how different Dan's approach was compared to basically every other guy in the club. Most guys, when they approach girls, it's super direct, you know. Well, actually, most guys just stand around hovering around the outside looking at the dance floor and just looking like creepy dudes just waiting to, like, pounce on things. And women are very situationally aware in night game and nighttime environments and bars, clubs, what have you. It's one of the venue and venue types where they're easily the most defensive, and they have to guard themselves a bit. It's creepy men the most. Yeah. So here comes Dan, who is basically this stoic guy who just sits at the bar and kind of stares into space. But it's all with a purpose because usually I found that when we watched him in Montreal, he was standing next to a girl just basically sipping on his drink And just waiting for the opportunity for her to slowly notice that he was there, at which point he would do kind of a two-phase eye contact opener, basically. Kind of slowly look at her to kind of acknowledge her existence. And the moment that she actually sees him, you would introduce your casual situational opener, which could be as easy as...
1: How's your night going, basically? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or something maybe even more direct, where if you see an opportunity to do it, then you, you start off with... You know, maybe she's wearing an interesting piece of jewelry or she has an interesting drink or you just happen to hear them talk about something that you were like, oh, wow, just got to chime in on that, right?
1: Yeah, like any sort of situational or low-key opener you can use is pretty good. I've used some more interesting openers like on some two sets, say there's a group of two girls looking around in the bar. I've walked up to them or hovered. And basically said, you two look like you're silently judging everyone who walks in this bar. And usually they crack up and pretend that they're not or say they are. and You can just go from there. Other times I've used things called reality pace openers, where you basically use whatever is in the venue, whatever is happening right now to work into your opener. And you put a sort of interesting or curiosity inducing spin on it. So, for example, say we're at a club here's an example i used a few months ago i was in a nightclub it was sort of loud and it was this girl just hovering or just in my vicinity and i opened with you know this club has a very very interesting vibe to it i actually say i like it like it's so dark the dj's playing your favorite songs you have all the flashing lights going on all these things sort of motivate you to party it sort of motivates you to keep the fun going And she responded saying that she agreed and, in fact, that she was sort of craving a drink. And what we did next was move towards the bar counter and continue our conversation.
0: Right. And so you use the opener to hook her in and then basically start a cycle of investment, I would say. Yeah. Obviously, she wants to be stimulated and her attention span is low. So then you start moving your own conversation towards fun and interesting topics.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So what are some examples of how to really do this without setting off her alarms? Like, I would imagine you'd really want to make this as casual as possible. And really, because you're kind of roping her into your world, you're really structuring it to create the maximum impact emotionally.
1: Yes, you want to be very low key and very casual at the same time, very impactful. So instead of like trying to directly force and just in an uncalibrated fashion, drag the conversation to what you would think is interesting topics. Instead, you just want to gently nudge things towards this topic. And a great technique for this is called weasel phrases. It's an NLP technique, whereas it allows you to sort of ask questions or say things that can be a little bit risque or provocative, generally due to the fact that it's uh, early in the interaction, so you can't really be that direct and forceful. So weasel phrases allow you to sort of weasel your way into more interesting topics and more um, fun topics. An example of weasel phrases being used is something I wrote in the article called um, Revamped Golden Question.
0: Actually, let's rehash that. What is the revamped golden question?
1: Yes. So before I used to have this golden question that I would generally ask girls in bars and nightclub situations, which is, what's something you really enjoy doing besides eating, sleeping, and partying? And I thought it was a pretty good question, which is why I called it the golden question. However, sometimes it still felt sh- It fell short on occasion. Sometimes I'd find it like the girl didn't really know what to say or it was too much of a jarring shift. Or maybe she was um, really concerned with trying to impress me. So she came up short and she didn't know what to say. So I would add um, a weasel phrase to this revamped golden question. Which is, if I were to ask you, or suppose I asked you, what's something you do besides eating, sleeping, and partying that you really enjoy? Now, at the start of the revamped golden question comes with a weasel phrase, which is basically, if I were to ask you, or suppose I asked you. Well, I'm basically still asking her the question. However, it's framed in such a way that I'm not really asking the question. And... It's sort of low-key and a little more nudgy and less direct which is basically what weasel phrases do
0: you know i find that so interesting because the very first thing that i thought when you said the sequence of things what do you like to do besides eating sleeping and partying i imagine a lot of girls would just the very first thing they would think is sex but as you know you can't really admit that yeah in public right i mean we all know on girls chase we know women love yeah. sex and women know they love sex but A lot of women don't want guys to know that. So So what I find interesting and the way you phrase that golden question is I think that it really allows her to be more free with her answer because you're saying, if I were to ask you, what would you say, you know, Mm. hypothetically speaking?
1: Yeah. On a few occasions, I've had a response to that question, which was sex. And that was, these are, yeah, these interactions were really, really memorable because we were able to go. Pretty much directly to sexual topics because she brought it up right off the bat. But yeah, generally girls will not feel too allowed to admit that they enjoy sex to someone they just met a few seconds ago. However, with the weasel phrase added to this question, they can feel a little bit more open to express what it is they do or any hobbies or passions that might consume their free time.
0: Right, right. Well, I do know in your verbal game, you move towards sexual topics later. But yeah, before that, it seems like you take them through a, a series of emotionally stimulating topics instead.
1: Yes, yes. So after I've been talking about some fun, interesting topics, her hobbies, my hobbies, things like that, I start to nudge towards emotionally stimulating topics. And you can do this with weasel phrases as well. Another way to do this is sort of have like a cheat sheet of Topics that you they are fairly emotionally stimulating just in, their, in of themselves, like topics like traveling, topics like creativity and artistic expression. I'm sort of a creative person, so I tend to talk about these things a lot. Or say she mentions one of her hobbies. You can, in a way, if you know what you're doing, you can take any hobby a girl mentions or anything she does in her free time and put an emotionally stimulating spin on it. For example, um, a girl told me once that she was really into ballet. So I asked her, well, what is it about ballet that really, really does it for you? Is it the fact that you're up on stage and you're performing and everyone's watching you and you're really feeling this sense of accomplishment because you've worked so hard on this skill? Or is it the teamwork aspect where you're learning how to be a better ballet dancer with your friends and everyone's getting better and you can feel a sense of camaraderie and It's a nice feeling so what is it about ballet that really does it for you now just there i used a few nlp techniques just in response to a girl saying hypothetically that she liked ballet and one of them is contrasting where you contrast two or more parts of a topic to stretch it out to really get some more emotional flavor to it another technique i used was pacing and leading whereas i started off just casually talking about ballet and then started to talk about different feelings. So I paced with ballet and led into more emotionally stimulating aspects of the topic.
0: And it's interesting too, I think, that we're talking about a nightclub situation too. Yeah. At this point in your verbal game, you've got her hooked. Yeah. And let me tell you guys, the way Dan talks in a nightclub with all the blaring music, with all the people shouting around him with all the girls jumping up and down and dancing is exactly the way that you hear him talking over here about things like ballet or her real interests. I mean, in Girls' Chase, we also call that deep diving and it's definitely possible in a nightclub situation. It's actually something I would say that actually contrasts you from most of the other guys who are just screaming in her face and asking her where she's from and what she studies and like other stupid stuff.
1: (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah, generally a lot of The conversation in bars is just fluff type. Where are you from? What's your name? What school do you go to? Blah, blah, blah. Can I hold your hand? Do you want to go to the dance floor? Can I kiss you? Type nonsense. And on the other hand, you come in and you lead toward, you nudge the conversation towards fun and interesting topics and you ask her what she does in her free time, what her passions are. And then you start, you know, emotionally stimulating her off of her passions and she starts to feel like well now i'm talking to someone who gets me i'm talking to someone who's actually interested in like um, the things i do not just out for sex even though that's technically not true however she feels a certain connection because you're talking about the things that she does and you're putting this emotional flavor on it so she's starting to get somewhat stimulated and maybe even intensely stimulated depending on how far into this process you go
0: it seems like you really want to spin off her own creative edge and creative desires like you use the earlier topics when you were talking about fun and interesting topics to learn more about her creative side and her passions and things like that and here you're really just kind of deep diving on that and using like do you use any gambits or anything like that to really help move this process along and really help her feel more stimulated with you
1: I used to use gambits pretty religiously in the past couple of years. These days i more just riff, which is like what jazz musicians do and they're just playing the instrument, not really having any plan. So I do the same thing with verbal games. So I come in and whatever she says, or wherever the conversation seems to be in this moment, I use all of these variables and I just try and add as much emotional flavor as I can. I find that this way is a lot more calibrated and it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more flexible because when you're um, memorizing gambits, one of the problem with this is um, in the field, what you're going to be thinking about is trying to remember your gambit instead of actually being fully present in the conversation. And unfortunately, by doing that, you might miss some of the things that could actually give a real flavor to the conversation because like say she says she's into painting and you don't have a memorized gambit on painting your memorized gambit is on playing soccer or going on trips to Dubai or stuff like that. Sure it might have some effect however it wouldn't have as much effect if you were talking about something that she's already familiar with. So by using the things and the passions and the topics she's already familiar with you allow yourself to get into a more emotional resonance because it's not much of an emotional leap for her to imagine something emotionally stimulating towards a topic that she mentioned yeah so basically like if you use a topic or a passion of of hers and you start emotionally stimulating her off that topic it's way more easier for her to become emotionally stimulated because she's already familiar with this topic
0: right and obviously we want to talk about women and As much as we can, because they love hearing about themselves. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's all about me, me, me. Right. Mm. But what's interesting is then you take this whole idea and you really move it towards sexual topics in the end.
1: Yes. Now, um, when it comes to sexual topics, what I like to do is I keep a sort of awareness of any topic that might not be completely sexual in of itself. However, it is closely or tangentially related to a topic which could be sexual. So. For example, the topic of connection, the topic of chemistry. These are sort of sensual topics, they could be sexual depending on how you frame it. However, she could just be talking about a connection with friends or chemistry, like you know, random chemistry where you meet someone and you have a good vibe with them. So yeah, once I've been emotionally stimulating her for a bit, I keep an awareness of these topics if they come up or I nudge towards them gently, like say she mentioned something about one of her friends from back home I might take that and say you know what like what kind of friendship would you say it was Was it one of these friendships that developed over time so the more time you spent with this person the more you learned about them the more you felt a sense of connection with this person or was it like an instant friendship where you just saw each other and instantly you knew in this moment this is someone you're going to be spending a lot of time with and this is something you this is someone you're going to end up feeling really really connected with And now we've just gone from talking about a friend from back home or a friend from wherever. And we're talking about connection. Now from connection, you can go towards sexual topics pretty easily. You can talk about different sorts of connections, like, you know, mental connections you might get when you're talking with someone and you feel a connection to them. You feel like this is someone you can trust. You feel like this is someone who, you know, has your best interests at heart because you have. A lot of things in common similar background or you can talk about physical connections where this is someone you know that has a really sensual vibe to them and just by being in this person's presence you feel sort of turned on and you feel like you can't even restrain yourself and you're just getting to a point where like you just want to tear each other's clothes off now you're in a sexual topic just from a connection and before she was talking about her friend from back home this is basically how I do it in the field.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw that yesterday. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Because that was like, I think it's when you, I was listening in on your conversation a little bit while I was talking with your girl's friend. Yeah. And <laughs> right around then is when she pulled you to the dance floor, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like super excitedly. It was amazing.
1: It's Yeah. Basically, with this is just about trying to be very present in the conversation, seeing all the topics that are being mentioned and seeing how things turn and shift. And, of course, keeping awareness of certain topics that have sexual connotations towards them. So whenever you see an opportunity to go towards these topics, you just pounce on them. And, of course, you smoothly nudge your way towards them.
0: I love it. What's really interesting about this, I think, is that uh, you've gone from basically being a complete stranger and at the same pace, more or less on your end, you've basically roped her in into your own little world and kind of gotten her thinking creatively and emotionally and sexually at this point. And she's probably wondering, wow, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a really really wonderful process. And
1: this is basically how you use verbal game to compete with the amount of overstimulation the girls are getting from their phones and from social media and tinder and things like that. right
0: you've like basically taken them out of that world and like kind of roped them in into your own world yeah you're still talking about things that they find interesting in those worlds i feel like you're almost talking about the same things that they find interesting in the social media and public world but you're kind of Putting your own spin on it and like, here's a guy that exactly the same things that I like. So he probably feels really connected to you.
1: Yeah, she feels really connected to you. And if she's talking about some of these sexual topics you mentioned earlier, the more she talks about these topics and the more she thinks about them, the more she starts to feel whatever it is you're discussing. And because you're there as she's feeling these emotions, she will then start to associate you with these emotions. So if you're talking about connection, she will associate you with connection if you're talking about... Chemistry, she'll associate you with chemistry. If you're talking about sexual desire, she'll associate you with, of course, sexual desire. So it's a wonderful process.
0: Nice, nice. I mean, are there any um, additional conversational management tools or anything like that you use to kind of direct this process and kind of control it? I mean, it seems like you have so many techniques and different methods you can use to basically, from this point on, keep the conversation going and keep her as invested as you really want. Yeah.
1: So uh, some extra conversational management techniques. Well, let's start with uh, pacing and leading, which I mentioned earlier. So pacing and leading is uh, mainly it's a technique you can use to change directions in any conversation. You can even use it to reframe resistance or yeah, to change directions, reframe existence and just take her from one perspective to another. So say she's talking about, well, traveling and you want to go somewhere a little more emotionally stimulating. So she's talking about traveling. She's talking about a trip she went to for a spring break in Cuba. And it was fun because she was there with her friends or whatever. And you come in and you pace with something light like. So what you're saying is you really enjoyed this trip to Cuba because you were out here with your friends. It was the spring break and it was sunny and you're chilling on the beach. And, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of partying. Have you ever noticed how, like, sometimes when you go to some foreign countries you might find that you're a little more anonymous in this place and because you're anonymous it allows you to feel a little more liberated in what you can do you feel free to be whoever you want because no one really knows who you are and you can do whatever you want because of that and in a way it's a lot more freedom in terms of what you can actually do does that make sense and from there that's just a pace and lead from casual conversation about her spring break in cuba and now you're talking about being anonymous and feeling free
0: i remember this actually from last night yeah the very conversation so i think i'll i mentioned this before but we were talking with some college girls who were in their finals week but were coming to montreal for the weekend from vermont so you know drinking age is 18 in Canada, it's 21, and they were freshmen in college. So they were definitely looking to release some stress and come party. And here you are as the guy that's basically framing it as as Canada as being this very liberated place, yeah, Montreal being open-minded. this you know, open-minded and multicultural place, which it is. Yeah. And everyone sees that. So it's just kind of bringing her back into that world.
1: Exactly. Nice, nice. Another um, conversational management Technique I use. This one's more, it's a bit more complex and it's a lot more effective. And it's mainly for getting a girl to do something and making her feel like it was her idea specifically. Now, that might sound a bit vague, so I'll give an example. Let's say you're at a club or, yeah, you're at a club or you're at a bar and you're trying to pull this girl, get her back with you. And she's coming up with, you know, I have to stay with my friends type nonsense. And what you can do is you can make use of this technique, opportunities and challenges. And what you would be doing is as you were talking to her, you try and see what sort of wants in the sense of like what she wants to be seen as, what she wants to be perceived as. So say you were talking about adventure and going to different places and you get the sense that she wants to be seen as an adventurous person or yeah, like an adventurous person or someone who feels free to make their own decisions. What you do is you would present an opportunity for her to be seen as adventurous and then you link this um, opportunity with something that you actually want her to do, which would be to get home with you. So, for example, you could say something like, well, you know, a lot of my more adventurous friends, they're the type of people who don't need anyone's permission to do the things they really want to do. Maybe that involves, you know, going on a spontaneous road trip or going backpacking or, you know, even Going home with the guy that they met at a bar because they don't really need anyone's permission to engage in some adventure. As long as it feels right, then it is right. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, she responds to that. And then if she brings up friends again, you can challenge her and say, well, you know, I think that, you know, really adventurous people, as we discussed earlier, don't really need permission to do the things that they want to do. And this is like a it's sort of a technique as I said before, to get her to do the things that you want to do and make her feel like it was her idea. After all, she wants to be seen as adventurous. And now she can see that going home with you would be a chance for her to be seen as adventurous so she would take the opportunity. Amazing. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love it. It's like so, it really paces reality, I think. that's A lot of your verbal game, I think, is really built around that is to pace her world and to really give her A more of a sense of attaining what she wants while still keeping it very anonymous and mysterious.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So do you have to do things like reframe resistance or give her plausible deniability to to really act on her desires?
1: Mm. Like um, reframing resistance, I generally use a combination of NLP techniques for this. So I'll use pacing and leading, contrasting, and listing. Listing I haven't mentioned before is a simple technique whereby you list things to support your point so say a girl let's use the i have to stay with my friends thing again okay so what you're saying is you want to stay with your friends so you know where everyone is and you can feel safe and make sure that everyone's okay on the other hand it's really loud here it's chaotic it's kind of hard for us to talk i think that if we were just to you know catch a cab And head to my studio and look at some portraits. We could have a few drinks and continue this conversation without any distractions. And if your friends really, really need to contact you, they have your phone number, right? So they can just text you or call you. And just there, I reframed the resistance of having to stay with her friends. And I also added some plausible deniability, as in we would just go back to my studio, quote unquote, to look at some portraits, quote unquote, and of course, not have sex (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean girls know what it means at the end of the day but yeah. you know at this point you've also stimulated her so much and usually, I'm sure she's probably horny and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's you know it's it's kind of a question of Seems like if you've done a good job at that point, there's really no choice for her but to act on her desires exactly. if she wants it, right?
1: Yeah, she just needs yeah. something to tell her friends that what they ended up doing, so she doesn't, you know, have to say yes. I went home and had sex with them. He was like, no, we just looked at some portraits and we talked and we drank a little bit, and then I went home. Nice, nice. Yeah.
0: you know, I think that this has been an amazing insight into your whole verbal game process and it really shows me how far along you have really come in how you've practiced and developed your own game because you really yeah you've taken the styles of so many different people like i'm hearing Gunwich, i'm hearing an smma who we also did a podcast yeah. on a few months ago and then there's also alec rolstad sex talk and then you're doing standard night game like mystery method style and <laughs> it's just like yeah. so interesting such an amalgamation of different things and it all seems to work
1: Yes, I generally I try to learn as much from everyone as I could. I spoke with Gunwich extensively, he was kind enough to help me out and explain his material thoroughly to me. I spoke with Alec Rosted a lot, he taught me how to use sex talk properly, how to frame and reframe conversations in a way that serves, um, serves me as a seducer. I reviewed some mystery method videos from back in the day, and I tried to look at some of their body language and positioning things, like a simple thing like not fully turning your body to face a girl when you open, and opening over your shoulder, so it's a little bit more casual, and it's almost like you could leave at any moment, so it's not as um, aggressive. And all of this sort of works, because um, the thing about girls is Well, they're not exactly like men in the sense that we as men are very, very visual people. We see someone hot, we see a nice pair of tits, and instantly we're gone, like we're ready to go. However, for a girl, it's a lot more of the emotional context, how she feels in the moment, the connection that she can feel with the person and. When you come in with verbal game and you nudge to positive topics, interesting topics, and you nudge to emotionally stimulating topics, and you nudge to sexual topics, what you're doing is seducing her exactly in the way that she needs to be seduced to get um, what she wants, to get her horny, to get her sold on the idea of coming home with you just by giving her all of this emotional stimulation and all of these, you know, sexual themes and plausible deniability and just allowing her to get into a space where she feels that coming home with you is the right decision.
0: Nice. I really like that. You know, it's so interesting because to me, when you think of feminine versus masculine energy, like the feminine energy is just like a ball of floating energy. And it's just like ebbs and flows with time based on what's happening in a girl's life. So at the end of the day, when you're using these kinds of methods and verbal game in the, could work in day game and actually as well as night game, we'll talk about that next time, but you're just basically giving her a direction to really get what she wanted anyway, which is what I find so fascinating about it. And that's where really the masculine energy comes in place where we direct it, we make something of it. And at the end of the day, she wants sex and so do you, so... You're both getting what you want. (laughs) Yeah, you take
1: her wild emotional (laughs) fluctuations and you ground it towards you. You direct it to where you want it to go and you get her horny, you get her stimulated. And like you said, you give her exactly what she needs to have sex with you. Yeah.
0: So great, Daniel. It was so nice to have you on Dating Mechanics. We're actually going to have a follow up on this podcast, I guess part two, where I want to build this into talking about some of the nuances of day game. But we're also going to really talking about consistency because that's another area that I think that you've really gotten very good at. You've become very consistent in how you've learned the process, how disciplined you are about going out, and also how you've really applied consistency to your method to really, um, how do I say it, just like achieve the best odds for your success.
1: Yeah, consistency is a very, very important topic as a seducer because, well, who doesn't want to bet attractive girls as often as possible and <laughs> yeah it's basically that you yeah. can become more effective as a seducer and you learn exactly what it is you need to learn to raise your um, open the lay ratio as they call it or um, you know you get to the point where you can sort of be rest assured that if you're going out there's a solid chance that you're going to be getting late tonight
0: that's an amazing thing to have yeah <laughs> all right well but- I look forward to next time, Daniel. Thanks for joining us on Dating Mechanics. Thanks for having me. Wow. Thank you, Daniel. That was a great intro to your methods in verbal game, which I was so lucky to witness in Montreal, Quebec for a full weekend. We'll build on this podcast next time with Daniel by covering how to become more consistent as you learn about women, seduction, and the social arts. I'm Varun Raja, and thanks for listening to another episode of Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase.